today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Man, a time when the devil is locked up for a thousand years? I want that now. Because I look at the world that we live in and it breaks my heart. Because there's so much temptation that we face every single day. Believers, non-believers, mankind faces wickedness every single day. It's like, wow, I, I just want Jesus to be king because everything will be perfect. The world is in a sad state. So much of God's beautiful design has been soiled and perverted by mankind's wickedness. As Pastor Eric reminds us in today's message, we do have hope. In his time, Jesus will return and bring true, lasting peace, which can never be achieved through our human efforts. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message, Why Should Man Die? If you guys would, open your Bibles back to John chapter 6, as we're uh, continuing our study through the gospel according to John. Praise Jesus for the life that he gives us, amen? Feeding the 5,000 is what we looked at last week. A huge amount of people, huh? 5,000 people. That's just reporting of the, of the men, not including the women, the children that may have been there. 5,000 people plus. And Jesus being a man of compassion, a God of compassion, wanting to spend time with his disciples, but yet moved with compassion when this multitude of people came to him and uh, as evening grew near, the, the compassion of Christ grew for them and wanting to take care of them. Asking his disciples, where are, we gonna, where are you going to get the food? You know, knowing what he was already going to do, Philip asked or answered and said, you know, 200 denarii, you know, six months of wages is not even enough, Lord, to provide for these people. And Jesus then asking, you know, or having Andrew come to him saying, well, here's a little boy with five barley loaves of bread and two small fish. (laughs) Is that enough? And Jesus then, you guys, performed a miracle within his hands. And that's where the miracles happen, is in the hands of Jesus Christ. Not in the hands of man, but in the hands of Christ. And he, he provided. He used this young boy's lunch and provided for these people to enough to where they were filled. I just I think it was amazing just to, to see and know that Jesus is mighty and that miracles happen through his hands. And so this morning I titled the message, because uh, we're just going to be looking at John 6, verse 15. Yes, I know it's only one verse. And I understand that I probably would be a terrible tour guide because I would stop at everything, Right? <laughs> If you've ever been to the jungle tours in Disneyland, you know how they buzz around, you know, look over here, there's a crocodile, you know, and they're just buzzing around. But I probably wouldn't even get us out of the gate, you know. (laughs) Uh, But you know what? It's good. And God has a good word for us this morning. And I titled the message in John 6, verse 15, why should man die? Why should man die? And, you know, that question could be answered because of sin. That's why man dies. Or man dies physically because of physical reasons. But the question really behind it is more of, uh, why should man die? You know, why should man die when Christ says that there is life? So let's read verse 15 of chapter 6 of John. 
Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. So Jesus, you guys, after he performed that miracle of feeding the 5,000, uh, the people were like, man, this is truly the prophet, right? You see that in verse 14. This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. And so when Jesus perceived, uh, knowing, understanding that they wanted to make him king, he split. He took off. He went back up into the mountain by himself. He was fully aware that they wanted to make him king. Why would this multitude of people want to make Jesus king? Well, remember what Jesus had just done. I mean, he just provided this meal, this miraculous miracle. Not only did he provide for them physically, but if you read up in verse 2, the great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. I mean, Jesus Christ was healing the sick. I mean, he was, he was being moved with compassion. He was, he was healing people physically. People were being delivered from demonic spirits. Not only that, then he provides for them physically. Why wouldn't you want him as king? Why wouldn't you want him as your master? The one that you serve. I mean, if Jesus could provide like this, if he could heal and he, he could bring provision like this, what could he do if he was king? Physically king. Because remember at this time, the Jews were under Roman rule. They were under the Roman rule. Just think, the people wouldn't have to, to, uh, to work, right, in a sense, because here this man just provided our food for us. They would just go to their king, and he would provide all things. Hey, they wouldn't have to worry about sicknesses anymore. Why? Because this man, this Jesus, God, can heal. Why not go to him? We would have no more sick people. He provides food. We'd have no more starvation. I mean, just really kind of think about it. If you were putting your feet in the sandals of the Jews at this time, you would want that person to be ruler. You would want that person to be ruler. Not only that, that Jesus provided miracles and that he provided physically, but Jesus Christ is perfect. The man doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. He is truth. So here he provides, he heals, he tells the truth. I mean, this is perfect. Well, God is perfect. If a man was like that, I believe he'd be president so fast that the current president wouldn't be quick enough to leave the White House because people would want this man to be president. But I know that that's not the case. I was just thinking about it politically like today. If we had somebody that didn't lie, that was perfect. But we do, you guys, in Jesus Christ. The point being is that Jesus was performing huge miracles and the people wanted to make him as king. But here's the fact. Jesus Christ is king. He is king already. Not only is he the king of kings, but he's the Lord of lords. The Bible tells us this, Revelations 19.16, And he 
has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. And what is that name, you guys? What does it say? The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's already king. Jesus is already king. Well, why do the people want to make him king? Well, he's, they wanted to make him king physically. But Jesus Christ is already king. King Nebuchadnezzar said this to Daniel. He said, the king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of, the king, Lord of kings, a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man in the Babylon Empire, recognized that God was king of kings. And we know from our study in the Gospel of John that Jesus is God. So Jesus is king. The psalmist wrote this, Psalm 72, 11. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Who is him? Jesus Christ. The king of kings. Jesus Christ is king. And as Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he said this. Therefore God also has exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day soon every knee will bow to King Jesus. Every knee shall bow to the Lord of lords. Everyone will confess. And confess means speak forth that Jesus Christ is king. If you believe or you don't believe that he is king, you will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Why is Jesus, though, waiting to set up his physical kingdom? Why not take, and when the people wanted, a great multitude of people wanted to make him king, why not take that? Why not just say, you know what, now's the time. Now's the time to set up the kingdom physically. I will set up my rule now on earth. Why not? Because I'm like the multitude. I want Jesus' kingdom here on earth now. The rule when he comes back. I want, him, I want it now. I do. I want Jesus to be ruling when I read about the millennial reign, when Christ reigns for a thousand years, it excites me. Man, a time when the devil is locked up for a thousand years? I want that now. Because I look at the world that we live in and it breaks my heart. Because there's so much temptation that we face every single day. Believers, non-believers, mankind faces wickedness every single day. It's like, Wow. I, I just want Jesus to be king because everything will be perfect. He's almighty. But then to, to realize, so to remember that Christ Jesus is already king and that I can trust in him now. I don't have to see him physically. I believe that he is there. Jesus Christ is alive. He, and he is ruling. He is sitting on the throne as we speak. Christ is on his throne. God is there. 
And so even in the midst of the chaos, understand and believe that Jesus Christ is sitting as king. He is king. Why is Jesus, though, waiting to come back to set up his kingdom? Because when Jesus comes back, judgment follows. Judgment follows. The Bible tells us that there will be two types of judgment that will take place when Christ returns. The first judgment is the great white throne described in Revelations. Revelations 20.12 says this, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So here we see John writing this, what he saw, the vision that the Lord had given to him. And he saw the small and great, meaning what? It doesn't matter who you are, what status you are, you will be standing before the Lord. Now, you as in those who don't believe in Jesus Christ will be standing at this first judgment. And this judgment is to see if your name is written in the book of life. If your name is not found in the book of life, verse 15 of Revelation says this, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's a pretty hardcore judgment. It's very real. It's truth. But there is good news. There is good news for those who have put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. Who have put their trust in Jesus for their salvation. Because guess what, you guys? The Bible says that your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Check out Hebrews 12. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. But to the general assembly, the church, which are written in heaven. Jesus said this to his disciples in Luke chapter 10 verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Believer, Christian, Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Praise God. The second judgment that we will see when Christ returns is called the judgment seat of Christ, or known as the Bema seat. Paul wrote this to the church. He said, For we must all appear for the, before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in this body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This judgment is for those who believe in Christ. Meaning what? You will stand before Lord Jesus, before King Jesus, and your works will be judged. Were they done according to the Spirit of God or were they done according to the flesh of man? Now this thought, this passage really made my heart Think, my mind, think, how much have I done in my flesh? I'm going to be accountable for my actions. You will be accountable for your actions. 
We're not talking about salvation because we learn, we just learned that believers in Christ will miss the first judgment, the great white throne judgment. But you will, believer, stand before King Jesus. And to understand that, our works, in a sense, will be judged, either good or bad. This thought just really hit me. I've got to, I've got to stand before King Jesus. Really think about that. That you're going to be standing before the king for your actions done within this body. Are we really capable of doing good things? Have you ever thought about that? Are you really capable of doing good things, good works? The Bible says that you are. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Being a believer in Christ, we are then born into God through Christ Jesus. We are a new creation. We are reborn. Therefore, we are God's workmanship. And guess what He has prepared for you? Good works to walk through. Good works to do. He has laid them out before us But it's up to us to trust in Him and have faith in Him and to walk and be obedient in those things that He puts before us. Think about that. God has prepared beforehand a good work for you to walk through. Many good works, I believe. And many of you are probably walking in those good works. And I say, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I praise God for your obedience. But I want to encourage you this morning that you can stand before Christ and the things of your life that you perform in this body can be led by His Holy Spirit and that it can be honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is great hope in that. That you can walk forth in the good works of God and they will be acceptable to God because it's He who has prepared them for you to walk through. So we see that Jesus is being patient. He went, ab- he went away. He departed by himself to the mountain. He didn't take the king role at this time physically. But we know that he is king all the time though. And Jesus has not set up his kingdom because he is truly, I believe, he's truly waiting for more to come to the kingdom of God. Why is God waiting? Why is Jesus waiting to come back to set up his kingdom? Because there are a lot of people that are still perishing today. There are a large amount of people who are going to perish because they don't know Jesus Christ. They might have a head knowledge of Jesus, but they don't have a heart knowledge. They don't have a relationship with Christ. And Jesus Christ is waiting because he knows that when he comes back to set up his kingdom, that judgment will follow. I love 2 Peter 3.9. I do. I love this verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is going to come back to set up his kingdom. It's truth. It's in the Word of God. And so if you're battling, if you're struggling, when is Christ going to set up His kingdom? 
When is he going to just come back? Be encouraged because he is not just slacking off. (laughs) He is waiting. He's being long-suffering towards mankind, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And this has always been God's heart, you guys. This has always been God's heart is for man not to perish. Check out Ezekiel 33.11. The Lord speaking through the prophet Ezekiel said, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Jesus wants all to come to repentance. The Lord God does not have pleasure in death. He does not have pleasure in death of the wicked. And this is good news for those who uh, have a wicked heart. And the Bible says that all man's heart are desperately wicked. Who can know it? This is good news for mankind. Why is this good news? Because understanding this goodness will lead you to repentance. Understanding that God does not want man to die. Asking the question to mankind, why should you die? Why should you die? When you can turn and live. God has given the the opportunity for mankind to have life. And this life is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 2.4, this goodness, right, leads us to the repentance? Well, Paul said it best. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Do you despise Christ's long-suffering? Not knowing the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God's long-suffering, God's patient heart for mankind should lead man to repentance. It should lead you to repentance, knowing that there's a God in heaven that says, why should you die? He knows that you deserve to die because the wages of sin is death. But he says, why should you die? Yes, I know that the penalty for sin is death. But why should you take that wage? Why should you? If Jesus can wait for the kingdom to come, I believe we should be able to wait. Knowing that he waits because there are many who are perishing. And maybe this morning you were perishing. When I say that, meaning that you don't have a relationship with Christ. And your heart is just desperately wicked. Guess what? I've been there. I was there. I was desperately wicked. But Christ gave me forgiveness and I have life through Jesus Christ. And you too can have that. It's not just for me. It's not just for certain people. It's for all mankind. It's for everybody. Having the knowledge why Jesus wants to set up his kingdom at a later time, I believe will open our hearts to love sinful man. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. 
That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.